Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. First Martyr of Oceania. I place myself and all that concerns me in thy loving care. Here is my mind. Fill it with thy light. Here is my heart. Fill it with thy love. And here is my life. Fill it with thy presence. O Lord, I place myself at thy service, in thy keeping. All fears are gone. All anxieties are gone. Lord, let me be thine instrument. It is now three long months since we last saw land. Today we crossed the equator. Today we buried our beloved Father Brett at sea. The weather is humid and pale. Silvery gray mist obscures the vastness of the ocean. We try not to think of Father Brett. Bonjour, Padre. A sad day, Captain. And it was a bad one for me in my ship when you and your priest came aboard. Priests bring bad weather, Padre. Did you know that? So I have heard. Uh, we haven't had more than two weeks of decent weather since we left Le Havre. And now, one of your friends is dead. <laughs> well, you'll all be dead when you get to where you're going. Some of us, perhaps. 
I can understand a man risking his life for gold or for a woman, but not for preaching religion on that godforsaken island. The islanders need help. They are people of violence. Then we are very badly needed there, Captain. Well, Padre, it's your skin, not mine. Yes, it is our skin. April 28th, we are running through a terrible storm as we sail towards Cape Horn. The sailors are hostile, their superstitious minds blaming our presence for the bad weather. We avoid being seen as much as possible. September 14th. 1837. The weather is sublime. Tropical blue seas and deep blue skies. We frequently sight groups of small islands now. Very soon we shall be in Tahiti. But our final destination is Fortuna, near the Fiji Islands. You know these seas very well, Captain. Uh, as well as anybody, I think. Tell me, Padre, how are you going to convert these natives if you can't speak their language? I suppose we shall have to learn their language. Uh, if you live that long. If I were you, I would get in good with uh, Stafford. Stafford? Uh, he's English, a uh. trader. He's uh, on good terms with the natives and uh, he speaks their language. He could be very helpful. If he likes you. And... Uh, if you don't interfere with his business. November 11th, 1837. After 11 months at sea, we are about to drop anchor off the absolutely beautiful island of Fortuna, a tropical paradise of shimmering white coral beaches and waving palm trees. A score of native canoes are coming out to meet us. The Englishman Stafford has already come alongside and will come aboard as soon as the anchor is lowered. Ah, Monsieur Stafford! Yeah. <laughs> you are still alive since I saw you three years ago, eh? Good! Well, did you bring me liquid supplies, Captain? Oh, would I dare say no. <laughs> well, welcome back to Fortuna in that case. Oh, a priest. Uh, Father Peter Chanel... Monsieur Stafford. Oh, my pleasure, Father. Thank you for a warm greeting, my son. The captain has assured me that if you are well disposed towards our small group of missionaries, you can help us. Missionaries? God, just staying here? God willing. God may well be, but I'm not so sure about the people here. Uh, you'd better let me talk to the king. I suggest you don't even go ashore until I have spoken with him. That's his majesty, King Neoliki. Ah, don't stare at him. I've convinced him that in some mysterious way, your presence on this island will bring him rewards and riches. I haven't explained the riches will be strictly spiritual. 
I'll just raise your left hand slightly to acknowledge His Majesty's hospitality. May our Lord bless this island and its people. There is much to be done these busy weeks. Of primary importance is the learning of the language. Mr. Stafford, while remaining somewhat amused at our plans to convert these natives, is proving to be a good friend. Meanwhile, the king himself is showing a kindly disposition towards us and is most anxious for us to learn the language so that we can communicate. You're going to do what, Father? Celebrate Christmas Mass tomorrow. And invite these natives to attend? My son, what better day to bring the grace of redemption to these people? And for the very first time in their history. Oh, some of them will show up and they'll, they'll marvel at the strange rites of the white man. They'll probably be fascinated, but I doubt if they'll abandon their own gods. It will take time. But my companions and I have the blessing of patience, my son. Well, good luck. Anyhow. They were curious and stared at us with puzzled, wondering eyes as they watched our celebration of Mass. They realized they had witnessed a religious rite of some kind, but it remained foreign to them. While we had not anticipated making converts quickly, we are beginning to understand a little of their language and take every opportunity to practice it. And so time goes on. You're out of your mind. And still, it is something I must have done. Take their idols and let them see you throw their gods into a fire. You're mad. I must do it. They'll massacre you. Or will they wait to see if we are struck down by their god? You may have an idea. Of course, the king may not permit it. Well, you've been able to talk to him lately. How do you judge him? He's a very intelligent man. And seems to be quite tolerant. Mm, perhaps. You don't sound as sure of his tolerance as you were once, my son. Now, you've been here a couple of years, and he hasn't seen any increase in his riches. Now, it may be that. And if so, it's my fault for suggesting to him that you could bring him some benefit. Would he have permitted us to land here and to stay here if you hadn't told him that? No, unless it had been to massacre all of you. Then there is no blame. And we are keeping your promise for you. We are bringing these people the riches of heaven. Shall I speak to the king about your plan? My son, this time, let me speak to him. Make fire! Make fire and burn gods of my people? You want to do that? With your majesty's permission. Ah. You are not afraid of gods? With all due respect, your majesty, no. Ah. If I say no. We shall obey your wishes. Ah. Well, make your fire. Burn some gods. May God bless you. So he said yes. In a way, I am surprised. Well, he's curious, of course. Curious to see what will happen when you burn their gods. 
And when nothing does? He will be impressed. I was thinking of converts. Well, you may get some. Perhaps even the king. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I wonder, will he object to to his people becoming Christians? And if too many were converted, his power would diminish. But he must have considered the possibility of their conversions. I'm sure he has. I suppose he feels he has to know for sure just what the chances are. I, I suppose so. So, go ahead and build your fire. Well, I have to make certain we have a big audience. Well, that won't be difficult once the news gets around. I imagine it's getting around now. And there's uh, just one thing to remember. These people find it difficult to see any great difference between their wooden idols and our statues of the Madonna. Waiting for you to talk, Paula. Go ahead. My children, don't be afraid. No harm will come to you, nor to me, nor to any of my companions. Your king, in his great wisdom and charity, has permitted us to take some of your idols, your gods. Father Bataillon here at my side is going to throw your idols into the flames. Hear me! Hear me out, please! I shall pray to our Christian God to shed his light on you. Father Batayon. I am ready, Father. Then begin the burning of the idols. Oh, Lord God in heaven, bless these people and show them the light of your love as we burn their idols, their graven images. As I prayed, Father Bataillon tossed one after another of the images into the flames. At first, the natives were apprehensive, but when no disaster struck us, one sensed the joyous surprise that spread through them, and I knew we had accomplished the first major step toward that eventual conversion. Why, Mr. Stafford, why does the king want to go to war? Well, it's been a long time since there was a battle. Perhaps he thinks his warriors are getting too fat and lazy to fight. Perhaps he doesn't want them to lose the art of killing their enemies. It's wrong. Wrong. It may also be that he wants to do something to put Christianity out of their minds. You see, Father, a great number of people will be killed in the battle. Mother of God! I must speak to the king. Persuade him. A waste of time, Father. He won't listen to you. I must try to make him listen. Your Majesty, I plead with you. I hear nothing you say, priest. But you hear what I say. I let you talk to my people about your God. But I do not let you interfere with the way we live. Enemies must be killed. We shall kill them. 
and our gods will give us victory. since they appeared on this earth. What can I do? What can I do? Comfort the dying when the battle is over. What more can you do, Father? The dying, yes. Yes, perhaps I shall be able to do something for them, for their immortal souls. jungle filled with the shrieks of the fanatical warriors, the victorious and the dying. My companions, without thought of their own safety, attended the wounded, and every now and then I was able to baptize a dying man and place the crucifix against his lips. You see, priest? I have seen slaughter that could have been avoided. Your words mean nothing. Against our gods, your god means nothing. Our gods gave us a great victory. My people were forgetting their gods. No, they will remember. And they will not listen to you now. You did your best, Father. Did? Didn't you? Have I failed in my mission, then? I suppose you can go on, if the king will let you. I must go on. Father. Yes, my son. I'd hate to see you and your missionaries put to death. Is there that possibility? Well, the king's mood is changing. He may not tolerate you much longer. Oh, there are other islands in these seas. Why not try them? You mean well, but I cannot give up here. I advise you to give it some thought. A lot of thought. Thank you for your concern, my son. Today is a new and wonderful experience for me to live, and I will live it to the glory of my Lord. I will ask his blessing for every person I meet as I joyously and calmly meet whatever is in store for me. The glory of God enlightens and enriches my day as I consecrate myself and all my efforts to him and give expression to the highest good that is within me. suppose when you're a long way from home and you see the moon, you always think the same moon shines over your own city a long way off. When were you last home, my son? Oh, over ten years ago. Oh. I'll probably take a trip home next year. As it is, I have to go to Fiji in a week or two to clear up some business there. Mm. 
You know, Father, I assure you I'd rather be a trader than a missionary in this part of the world. I'm trying to say, go with me to Fiji. Get away from this place. My son, we've already spoken of this. Are you aware that we are being watched? Yes, I am aware of that. Father, I have three daughters at boarding school. There's still a responsibility. Of course. Now, I mean this. I'll take all the normal risks any man has to take in these islands. But I must tell you this now. I cannot put your welfare ahead of my daughter's. My son, I would have it no other way. In short, I cannot offer my life to protect yours if you stay here. If you stay here knowing what the end must be. I have chosen my own road, my son. I cannot travel yours any more than you can travel mine. Forgive me, but your life belongs to your children, my son. And still your safety is on my conscience. My safety is in God's hands and in his alone. So be it, Father. Meantime, there are too many spear points glinting among the trees. Let's walk over to the beach where we'll be in the open. The danger is real, then. Quite real. It is only a matter of when it will materialize, not if it will. Have you heard anything about a possible attack on me? Whispers. Once more, Father. Leave for Fiji when I go. That would satisfy them. You'd be safe here until it was time for you to leave. You know my answer. April 28th. The year of our Lord, 1841. The dawn is cloudy. My friend Stafford has taken his leave of the king and the council and is about to be taken by canoe out to a schooner that lies at anchor a quarter mile offshore. He is anxious about my companions and me. Perhaps with good reason. Goodbye, Father. Goodbye, my son. I'll be coming back here in about six weeks. We shall miss you. It's been a long and pleasant association. You won't leave. No, no, no. But you must go now. They're waiting to take you out to the ship. Oh, Father, I my tell you, I... My son, have no fears for me. Listen to me. I am in the presence of our Lord and his protecting presence... And there is nothing to fear. I left him while he was talking. I could not bear to let him see the fears I had. I sat in the canoe which bore me out to the ship, and I could see him standing there on the beach, the tropical sun beating down on his head, raised to God in prayer. It seemed as if the waves carried his voice to me. There is nothing to fear. When we know that our Lord is with us, we are never afraid. For there is nothing to fear. Even death. For death is the gateway to his presence. As 
I climbed aboard the schooner. It would take me away from the island. I could see him walking back toward his hut, toward what was his little church. I saw them waiting outside the place. Oh, I felt sick. Sick because it seemed to me that he had failed in his work and now must die in failure. I saw one of the natives follow him into church. And he had a spear in his hand. My lord! My lord! This is my blessing from thee, that I die in thy name. Yet the thunder was terrible, as though the voice of God was reaching out toward these island people, bringing a great fear to their hearts, bringing to them the realization that they had murdered a great man, a servant of the Almighty himself. He did not die in failure. Hundreds of the islanders were converted to Christianity. And Oceania had its first martyr, St. Peter Chanel. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, Learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.